It's an honor to be here. Thank you, everyone, else for inviting me. And thanks for having you guys up here doing the different readings and singing the different songs. I appreciate it. So it was six years ago where I was where you guys are right now. And like I told you guys in the cafeteria last week, I had no idea what I was getting into even coming. Didn't really know what this all was. Um, I also had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, if, I don't know if Mr. Naylor still has you guys to write a paper about what you want to do with the rest of your life. He had us do that, and I had no idea what I was going to write about. So I like picked optometry because I thought it was easy. Um, sorry if you're an optometrist. Um, but, and, and I was like, okay, I'll be biochem. And at the same time I was doing that, I was growing in my relationship with Jesus. I had just come into faith, and I was one of those super Christians who posted on Facebook all the time, and I read my Bible, and I went to church. But none of that, n none of that time did I think about, oh, I wonder what God wants me to do with my life. I kind of always thought, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And Jesus kind of never fit into the picture. I don't know if any of you guys feel the same way. So what I did was I had the church world in one hand, and then I had everything else over here. I had the sacred things, and... And then I had the secular things. And, and they didn't really work together in my mind, and I never thought that they did. And that might be where you guys are right now. Your faith might be just more of an add-on to your life. It could be just, yeah, I go to church. I have a Bible, so I'm kind of a Christian. But see, our, our faith is a lot more than that. And so I want to just talk to you guys about that tonight. Because, see, I don't believe there should be this divide that so many people have between our faith and everything else. I think our faith should be interwoven into every part of our existence. Because I believe in the Bible, you see God, and God created everything. Everyone, most of us are familiar with the Genesis story where God created the universe. He created good. And because he did that, it means he doesn't just care about what we do Sunday mornings. He doesn't care necessarily just that we're good moral people, but he also cares about what we're doing um, Monday afternoons or what we're doing Thursday mornings. He cares about all of that. So I wanted to, what I specifically wanted to talk to you guys about today was about work, about being Christians and working. Um, I know it might be weird, what does a pastor know about working? Um, but I've read some books about it. I've read some books about it. So give me some grace. All right. So when I was about your guys' age, I remember leaving my house one day and I wasn't even two blocks away, and then God kind of just dawned on me in a moment, and it was kind of this thought that if God is who he says he is, if he's really the maker of the universe, if he made everything, and if it's, all, if it's also true that we disobeyed him and we had turned our back upon God, and even with that being true, he came to the earth and died on our behalf, if that was true, and I claim to believe that, like probably many of us in here do. If we claim to believe that, what does that mean? And I quickly knew that that meant that we need to give our entire lives to him. If he gave his life for ours, then we need to give our lives for him. And at that time, I thought, this, this is what I'm all about. I thought I understood it. But I, I really didn't. So when I was sitting where you guys, I think where Jake is right now, I think right there, when I was right there, I don't think I understood the gravity of that statement. I don't think I understood that everything matters to God and I, that I need to give my entire life to Him. Where that includes what, how I buy, how I, how I would sell things, how I go to school, how I treat other people. 
how I spend my time, everything. How that all matters to God. Because before I thought it just meant I had to go to church on Sunday mornings. But really it means a lot more than that. See, in, in, in our world today, a lot of people do feel like that. That if you go to church, you're a Christian. And if you have a cross around your neck, you're a Christian. But some people don't understand that there's so much more to that. And that if you're an architect, if you're into geology, if you're into hard rock music, that God is also into those things. That he thinks those things are cool. That he, in, he invented those things before they were even invented. And so when we go into these fields, you can be a Christian no matter what field you're a part of. And that doesn't mean just putting crosses up on the wall or putting crosses on, on your shoe. I think that's what I thought. I thought, hey, if I become a businessman someday, I want to be a Christian businessman, I need to put a cross somewhere. But that's really not what it's about. And, and, and sadly, for so many Christians today, though, all of our faith is is just fire insurance or a get-out-of-hell-free card. We, we need to know that whatever we do, that our faith is more than just a faith to die for, but it's a faith to also live for at the same time. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this evening. Uh, we're going to open up our Bibles and read a quick story that you guys have probably all read before, that you've probably seen before, um, but I'm going to shed some new light on it, hopefully. And so what happened before this, we'll be in Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. I didn't. I have the text, so I'm not going to ask any of you to read. But um, what has just happened was Mary and Joseph had baby Jesus. So that just happened. And so this is, this is the verse right afterwards. Uh, so Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20 and let us prepare our hearts and minds for the reading of God's word in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it has been had been told by them. So in this passage, we have one of probably the most amazing events in history ever happening. We have God coming to earth as a man. And as often as we have heard this story around the Christmas season, it's kind of hard to believe, if you will, if you really look at the details, like what we're saying here is that this young Mary, this little girl, this little virgin, is pregnant with a baby. Like if you guys can, I don't know if you guys are on Tinder anymore, but you would probably swipe her right by, right? She, she's just not, not the, she doesn't seem socially like the type of people would be interested in at the time. And so she was isolated at a certain point. And so what we're saying is this, that this young girl had a baby, but not only that, not that, that that's, 
perplexing in and of itself. But then to go on to say that the maker of the universe, the God who with a voice made everything, was inside her womb. That he went from a throne to a womb to a feeding trough. That this was our God, that he did this on behalf of us. See, Jesus came to the earth as a baby to live the life that we were meant to live. But then to die the death we were meant to die on the cross. Then to only then resurrect three days later, overcoming death, overcoming sin, so that we could have freedom, so that we could have victory. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But right now in the story, we're still in the manger. Jesus is still born, and he's in the swaddling clothes. And, and we get word in this story that the, the shepherds get visited by a multitude of angels, which, if you don't know culturally, these shepherds weren't, weren't people you would be friends with necessarily. They were kind of the outcasts. They were the ones that were kind of pushed to the sides. They were the low lives. They worked with the animals. They were dirty. They were unclean. They weren't respected. Yet, for the first people that God chooses to reveal himself to in all the world, he chooses these dirty shepherds. If we culturally relevified this passage today, it would be like him going to the homeless, him going to the people on welfare. It wouldn't be college graduates. Because he went to the poor. He went to the downtrodden who didn't have a thing. And so he goes to these nobodies, these outcasts, and they, they get excited. And I, I love that little verse in there where the angels came, and then the angels leave, and they're like, hey guys, I think we should go. I think we should go to Bethlehem. And so they, they just get up and run over. And I can just imagine them, right? They're they're with they're in this like little manger scene as we see during the Christmas season, and they see baby Jesus, and he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. And if we can just imagine Mary's face, where she's holding the King of Kings in her hand, where the Maker of the heaven and earth is right before them, I'm sure the shepherds were in awe because because Jesus, he's a big deal, and as as Trump might say, a huge deal, a huge, it's a big deal. It was a big deal, Jesus was. So we have this extravagant and beautiful story building up and building up, and Jesus is born, and the shepherds come, and then it ends, right? The shepherds then go home. They kind of go back to work. They go back to their lousy jobs of being shepherds. Now, I don't, I don't know if that totally makes sense. They went back to being poor. So, like, I, I can straight up see them going around telling the world, going off the rooftop, saying, hey, Jesus is born, everyone, Let, let's rejoice. I could even see them making a book deal. I can see the title, The Messiah is for Real. But they didn't do that. They went back to work. They went back to normalcy. And I, I don't know if, if that makes sense when we understand the bigness of Jesus, the, the immensity of what Jesus is. See, I, I think this is like the little piece of this passage that's often overlooked. Because I think we would assume that, hey, their lives are radically transformed. Their lives are no longer the same. But yet, they went back to work. I don't know if you guys would go back to work. I, I would think they would go and celebrate. But they went back to work. See, it, it, imagine for, for a second, if, if I actually came, like if I just got here right now, and Padola's freaking out, Schreier and Bauer are not happy with and I finally drag in, my tie's undone, and my, my outfit's all messed up, and I go up to Badola, and I'm like, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, 
And she's like, what happened? I was like, I had some car trouble. I had some car trouble, I was out on the road, flat tire, I went to do it, under the lug nuts, the lug nuts rolled out onto the street. I ran out and got the lug nut, and as soon as I grabbed it, I looked up and there was this log truck coming in, it hit me going 60. So I, I had to go home and change my underwear. <laughs> and what do you think Badilla's face will look like? Do you think she would believe me for an instant? No, because if you have an encounter with a log truck, you're not gonna be the same. And so if you have an encounter with Jesus, you're not gonna be the same. Your life is going to look different. And so these shepherds got hit with something bigger than a log truck. But it seems that they went back to work. But I don't know if they went back to work the same. See, encountering Jesus changes our perspective. See, for me, before I knew Jesus, it was all about me, my own little story. What did I wanna do with the rest of my life? Where was I going to go to college? What was I going to make myself up? But just like the shepherds, when Jesus comes into the picture, we start to see, okay, God, what's your story? We realize that it's not about us anymore, but it's about God. That he kind of takes us off our little mini throne, takes us off our little imaginary world that we think we're the hot shots, and God goes there. And then we can start living our life around how God intended it to be. And so with that, I asked, what's the importance of work? As I said, I was going to talk to talk about, but we haven't got there yet. What's the importance of work? Why do we work? And so over the past about 24 years of my life, I've been trying to figure this out. Um, and coming to faith uh, has definitely helped. Like, why do we work? What's the, is, it, is it even biblical that we work? Shouldn't we just be like Bernie fans and just get free money all the time? That's just, a, I'm not political. I'm just, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> See, when I, was, when I was 19, I went to this conference, and for the first time, the, the speakers, the, the four of them, really laid out, what's God's story? What's this whole thing God's doing here? Because American Christianity will tell you it's about going to church on Sunday and being a nice person. But what's the story of God? What is God doing? And so what, what the speakers talked about was they broke down the, the Bible in these four sections, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. And it was just about, in the beginning, God created everything, and he created it good. And, and we've all heard about our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, and how they were called to work. Before the fall even happened, they were told to cultivate the land, to take care of it, to garden. Work was a good thing. Work was originally intended for us. But then the fall happened, and everything became broken. And, and that's when we first started to look at ourselves and not look at God. So we started to do things for ourselves. And then over the duration of most of the Bible, you have people trying to find their way back to God and God trying to bring them back to him. But you see throughout the law that it fails over and over. And then you have the redemption part, the redemption chapter, where Jesus, as in the story we read, he comes to, the, comes to earth to live the life that we were supposed to and to die the death we were meant to die. Because of our sins, we, we were punishable to hell. But Jesus takes our place for us. And so he redeems us. And for a lot of us today in the Christian world, that's it. I'm saved. Fire insurance gone. But the story doesn't end. Because Jesus says he's going to come back and make all things new. He's going to come back and things are going to be the way they were meant to be. And he also calls us co-laborers and partakers of his grace. So we can join God in this redemptive work now. See, the, the earth is the fullness. Or the fullness of the earth is God's and everything in it. So when God first made the earth, even before the earth was made, God knew that someday someone wouldn't find out how to make ink. 
Someone would know how to stain wood. People would know how to sing. People would play guitars. He had that, all that packed in the earth. And he gave us the task to unpack it. We're called to figure out how does this work, world supposed to work? What is, what is this world? How are we supposed to really operate here? And how was the calling God gave us? So basically, when God says to love God, a part of that calling is, is to work. We're called to love him with, with all of our actions. And in the first Corinthians passage, it says that we are to glorify God in all that we do. And so when you guys go to college, when you choose your college, when you choose your meal plan, when you choose your roommate, when you interact with your roommate, when you interact with your parents, um, the 12,000 times that they'll call you while, while you're away, the way that you do that, we're called to glorify God in that. We're called to be redemptive, be godly in all that we do. So looking at, looking at the text with the shepherds, they went back to work. So we were able to conclude, first off, that work is good. The shepherds now not only know Jesus, but they're involved in his story. And so we also need, with the shepherds, with all the adults here who, who know Christ personally, we need to get caught up in that story too. Because God has a better plan for all of your lives than you do. I know some, some of us think that we're pretty hot shots. And some of us have pretty big plans. I know I, I thought I did with optometry. But God has bigger plans for them. God has bigger plans for you. God had plans for those shepherds when they went back to glorify and praise him. Can you imagine the stories in 20 years telling to their grandkids, saying, we got to see Jesus. And we got to do all of our work practices based off of what, what we saw in him, that this story all made sense together. They found out that it wasn't about them anymore, and it was about God. So how about you guys? Where, where do you guys feel like you're at with all this? Where do you guys feel feel that you fit into this story. Where's God leading you to take your next step? Do you know about the saving work of Christ? Do you understand what he has done for you? And are you willing to get to work with him? As I said, the shepherds went back to their fields. And it's a proper word because you, you are all about to go into your fields in the next few years. Whatever it is, whether it's working with agriculture, whether it's working with technology, whether it's working at the factory or the military, wherever that is, how are you going to go into that field praising and glorifying God? I just have to have some practical steps. Like if you guys are like, okay, I want to do that. I like that idea. I like this idea of creation, fall, redemption, consummation. I want to I jump into that story. If that's you, the first thing we need to do is to understand God's story. The more we can understand what God has done and what he is doing, the more we can see where he is going and we can run with him. So often Christians believe that this gospel message, this good news of Jesus Christ, is kind of just to get into the door of faith. Like we share the gospel with our friends, they become Christians, and we're good. But really, the gospel is foundational for our lives. We, we need to be reminded of this gospel every day because what, what the word gospel means is just good news. So during olden days, um, when there was a great war, when there, when there was a war, and, and the city, the, the representatives of the city, they won the war, a messenger would come back to the city and bring a gospel message. They would bring good news that, hey, we won. We're free. There's victory here. And so the gospel is the same thing. When Jesus dies on the cross, we have now the gospel message, this good news. And we can go tell others that we now have this freedom. And so what we need to do is engage into God's word. We need to study the Bible. 
because it, it, it's an old book, um, some of the newest stuff, so around 2,000 years old. So it's cutting edge, it's the back of the cutting edge, but it's still cutting edge. And so we read it, we read the poetry that's in it, we read the letters, we, we, we read the narratives, and we see, who is God here? What is he doing? What is he, what is he telling me? And along with that, the second thing we need to do, and this is, this is crucial for you guys, whether or not you're Christians, you guys need to figure out who you are. When, when, I, when I was your age again, going back, I had no idea what I was good at. I had no idea what I was passionate, passionate about. It took me about two years after I graduated to start to figure that stuff out. So what are you guys good at? What really lights your fire? What makes you excited? Figure that out. Because God gave you gifts. He gave you talents. He gave you ways to love, and he gave you ways to be a gift to others. And so if you want to join into God's story, look, look around and look at the tools that he has given you. Because if you go into a shed and you see a saw it doesn't, and a piece of wood, it doesn't take too long to figure out what you're there for. If you look at yourself and you see the different gifts that you have, maybe it won't take too long to figure out, hey, this is why God has put me here. This is what God has in store for me. You look at some great people, men and women of the past. They figured out what they were good at and they pursued it. So what are you guys good at? What are you guys able to pursue to do good things? So the shepherds in this story, they were shepherds. They worked with sheep. Um, that was their lot in life, and that was about it. They didn't really have much say about that, but that's what God called them to do. And so like them, we need to have this encounter with Jesus. We need to have our world flipped upside down with the gospel message. We need to understand this and soak this in and meditate upon what God has done for us, and we'll be changed into these new people, and we'll follow into God's footsteps, and we'll be the people God has called us to be. So as you guys go off into your next few steps, as you guys graduate in a few days, and debt, and taxes, and you guys, I don't know if you guys use email a lot, but in college you'll, you'll use email all the time. As all those things become more involved in your life, you guys will have a choice to kind of have your faith set on the shelf and kind of just walk away from it. Or you'll have an opportunity to get involved in your local church, to get involved, and if you go to college at campus ministry, Get involved in your, your Bible. Get to know your Bible. Understand what this world is actually about instead of just living in, in, in your own imaginary world filled with pop music. But pop music is good too. So remind yourselves of the gospel daily. Run after God. Figure out who you are and bless those who are around you. I'll pray for you all. Dear Heavenly Father, God, God, Education is a beautiful thing, and I'm so glad you were able to raise up these, your, your children right here. And Lord God, as we as a community send them off into the world, into college, into the military, into business, Lord God, God, I pray that you equip them. Lord God, I pray that you motivate them. I pray that you give them zeal to, to run after and pursue you. God, give them wisdom. Give them godly wisdom. God, allow them to know that you're looking down on them and that you care for them, that you see them, that you mean that they mean something to you. God, allow them to know that they're loved. God, we pray for these, these students, these adults. God, carry them into the future. God, we love you so much. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.